0: In a time that is volatile, join us. Welcome back to Imperfect, the heart centered leadership podcast. And I'm really excited to interview my guest today. She's another one of our local features from my own city of London, Ontario, Canada. And I'd like to tell you a little bit about Ingrid Singh Edwards. I met Ingrid last year at a women's networking event uh, where I was speaking and we were talking about self-care and boundaries and all those, all those fun elements that sit within self-care that we can unpack. And we got in a great conversation. Uh, Ingrid used to be a social worker and then she decided to transition into Ayurvedic medicine and she chose to take the course to become a certified Ayurveda specialist esthetician and she still brings that community social worker to all that she does Ingrid decided to go back to her East Indian roots when she chose to transition from social work to Ayurveda she left that social worker position and began traveling it took her to Bali Belize she even had some time spent in beautiful Sri Lanka Ingrid really brings all of her her being her ethnicity and she likes to frame it as a beautiful self-loving journey and an experience that she found to be profound and transforming in her life. So, Ingrid,
1: welcome to
0: Imperfect.
1: Hi, Deb. Thank you for having me.
0: Now, I know our listeners are probably thinking you academically chose to become a social worker, and then you made the decision to transition out of that sector, if you will, into Ayurvedic, and now you're a spa owner. So, share with us a little bit of your story and why you made that decision.
1: Well, when I was a social worker, it's something that was very close to my heart and I growing up was, you know, a little difficult and when I went to school to become a social worker, I was excited and I was going to be able to help people uh, just like I needed that help when I was younger and. So I kept on that journey and worked with youth and women and homeless and um, also drug addicts and alcoholics uh, during my time as a social worker. And sooner than later, because I honestly thought this was something I was going to do for the rest of my life, um, I didn't realize the burnout rate. Um, So with that, I uh, kind of lost myself in the process trying to overcompensate and help others um, and just kind of put myself on the back burner. So during that time, you know, it was really difficult uh, towards the end.
0: Well, I can I can definitely join you in that space. When I was a medical case manager, similar to you, I had people who were addicted to all kinds of drugs, were homeless, were in car accidents, workplace injuries, and it can succumb you and burn you out. So I I totally align with you and I've been in that space. It wasn't a fun space. So how did you get the interest or the love or even the tenacity to think, okay, I'm going to move into Ayurvedic? Was it part of your traveling the world? Where did your love come of that where you decided to to re-embrace your roots of being East Indian? And was it a discovery or more of a rediscovery of your upbringing that led you to be a spa owner?
1: So it was actually a rediscovery so growing up uh, my mom is Canadian and my my dad is East Indian and I had a wonderful grandmother who was actually an Ayurvedic practitioner in Calcutta India and growing up with that side of things it was kind of like my little solitude with my grandma so I would leave my house and I would go stay with her and with my cousins and my brother. And there was just something powerful that she, she had and she, she taught and she would do these head massages and these oil treatments. And it just took me from a really dark place uh, growing up, which I, I call home into like a safe space. Um so I did grow up with it and didn't forget about it. I think you know life happens and you know self-care was just not at the forefront of my mind um in my early adulthood. So when I was a social worker, you know, that was like the least of my worries. I don't need help and I always felt guilty and yada, yada, yada. Um, so towards the end of my social work career, I decided, you know what, I'm going to take a mental leave and I need to do something for me. So I decided to travel and that brought me to a retreat in Bali and they did some Ayurvedic treatments there and the scents and the the oils and just the warmth of it all brought back so many memories as a child and my grandmother and i don't i don't believe in coincidences i think everything happens for a reason and when i experienced that it just brought me back and something just clicked and this is that's just how it came to i'm like this is what i'm going to do I don't know how i'm gonna do it but we're gonna make this work so that's how that came about
0: well there's a couple of things i love about that is (laughs) your grandmother was such a special person in your life and i speak a lot about my irish nana on the podcast and i think they they teach us many things and and they leave lasting impressions in our heart the second thing that i love about what you said is You didn't know the how, but you solidified your why. So you didn't know how you were going to get there, but you knew that it was what you wanted to do and you figured it out and opened a beautiful spa. And I think that's so, so powerful. One of the things that I love about Ayurveda is I've heard things that its treatments always yield side benefits, not side effects. (laughs) And anything that is to do with Ayurveda is always in love. And I think again, that's just such a a beautiful legacy to your grandma. Absolutely. And I know how I know how much you enjoy doing it, and your spa is very beautiful. So my next question is: Share with us what imperfections that you bring to your heart centered leadership.
1: Uh, my imperfections. Uh perfectionism I want to be perfect at everything and it's just not tangible I'm very hard on myself so how I've dealt with that is working alongside other powerful women that are strong in their leadership and you know it's okay to make mistakes it's okay uh, to not be you know, quote unquote, perfect, because there's no such thing as perfect. And we're always growing. It's something that I'm still working on. But I think that it just takes time. And as long as, you know, at the end of the day, I've tried my best. I've been compassionate, and I've shared kindness in a loving way. That's that's really all that matters.
0: Absolutely. And I, I think we all bring perfectionism in our personal life, in our work life. And when we get to the end of that tunnel to realize it's not a tangible reality, you know, one of my favorite things is done is better than perfect. If it's yes. not 100%, that's okay. Hence the name of the show, Imperfect. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> my next leadership question which I think will help so many people listening to this podcast interview today Ingrid is I know that you have shared on your social media platforms some struggles you've had in your life I think they helped determine your grit and tenacity and also really fostered who you are now as an entrepreneur So how do you think the struggles you've had if you think back to when you were a young girl all the way till today, how do you think you fostered that level of resilience to get you to where you
1: are? Oh boy. I don't even know where to start. I've, throughout the years, I've endured a lot of pain as everybody really has in some way, shape, or form. Can you ask me in a different way? Because I'm just, I'm really struggling here. Sure.
0: Think about what you've shared. You've been homeless. Mm. You've been addicted to drugs. A lot of people go down that I'm going to call it the rabbit hole and they don't see a way out. Mm. You knew you wanted to change your life. What steps did you take to get there?
1: So the steps that I took when I was at one of my darkest spaces in my life was I had two small children and I wasn't well, mentally, physically, emotionally. Um, and I, re- I remember specifically, and I think I have shared this with a few people. Um, I was a single mom of two and I had no money. And I was going to our local food bank here in London. And to not be able to take care of your children like you you need to like you should that was my that was my bottom I think I really believe that was my bottom so I get a little bit emotional when I talk about it because they're my children and just to look back at that that time it was a really really dark time for me um because I was using drugs, um, I didn't. I really didn't care about myself, and I didn't care whether I lived or died at that time. However, I had two kids that I had to feed, and I had to put a roof over their head. Um, so I had to reach out for help, and um, I remember reaching out, and I ended up in Cocaine Anonymous and AA. So Alcoholics Anonymous, and that's where I started to really look at my coping mechanisms and that I wasn't alone. There are other people out there that struggle with the same things. So I wasn't special by any means, but I wasn't alone. So for the first time in a really long time, I had a sense of community around me. Um, So I got some financial help throughout that time and kind of helped me through and I got sober and I've been, I've been sober for a while and it's been great. And it took a lot of, a lot of courage. It took a lot of tears and like blood, sweat and tears, literally, um, to pull myself out with the help of others as well and really just kind of finding myself and what i was really capable of because for so long i thought i was just a weak <laughs> a weak woman and just didn't have a bright light at the end of the tunnel so it was very lonely
0: well and it's it's raw it's it's grit at its finest its tenacity was sitting there and you grabbed it and thank you for sharing your heart and a a time in your life and i always say that when we think back on different periods of our lives that make us emotional our hearts still attached because our ego is in check and i think it's brave and It's just so heartfelt, Ingrid. Thank you so much for sharing, because I see who you are now. And I just think it's such a phenomenal transformation. Thanks, Deb. Now, my last question is, I'm sure you hear. I've even joked with you. I've tried and practiced so many times to say Ayurveda. I even was listening (laughs) on Google to (laughs) pronunciate it. My last question around leadership is, Let's maybe debunk some of the myths around Ayurveda. Because I know people hear that word and they think, oh, it's about herbs and nutrition. To me, from everything I've read and learned and learned from you and experienced, it's really about understanding the human constitution and how different we are as people. So I would love for you to share with us because I really see you as a leader in this sector, Ingrid, share with us your interpretation of what Ingrid brings to Ayurveda.
1: Okay, so Ayurveda is all encompassing. So we're not just like you said, we're not talking about just diet and herbs and you know, a lot of people think that it's like this this witchy way of being, and it's most certainly not. We're looking at all the elements in our bodies, and with the seasons, and with the earth, and it's just, like I said, it's all-encompassing. So we're looking at your constitution. So in another term, it's your dosha. So we have the vata, pitta and kapha. And then we also have tridosha, tr- tridosha, sorry. And those all carry the elements. So we have air, we have um, space, we have fire, we have earth, we have water. Every living thing on this planet has all of those elements. So if we think of, you know, a plant, what does that plant need? You know, they have the air, they have the sun, they have the earth, which is the soil, they need water. So you, you really have to educate yourself on, on all of it because it's not just one thing. And it's a lot to do with loving yourself and really looking into what your body needs, what your mind needs, meditation and all of those things because yoga and Ayurveda go hand in hand because yoga is the sister science of Ayurveda as well. Anything else that I missed?
0: (laughs) Well, I love that because you know I'm a yoga teacher and and I've never heard it said in that way. They are sisters to each other and I think if people really spent some time understanding what their dosha is, Mm -hmm. I love anything around Sanskrit and anything to do with intention but when you can find out what your dosha is and how to keep it balanced or how to recognize when it's imbalanced and those elements and their attributes they're powerful and when you understand them I think it helps you encompass and embrace the foundation of self-care because when you understand the elements of this science it's like yoga it's the science of the mind and and when you know what you're dealing with it's much easier to live a life filled with activities of daily living that is of your making absolutely super powerful you know i love this stuff yes now i'm gonna switch to my fab four and these are just four fun questions about ingrid whatever's on the top of your mind so tell us first question tell us something we don't know about you
1: Ooh, I love junk food. I love junk food. I know I talk a lot about eating healthy and eating for your dosha, but everybody has their little vice and my vice is junk food. I love lots of desserts, lots of sweets, um, sour candies. That is my jam
0: and that's okay i'm sure a lot of people listening have the same vice so that's interesting but i love that you qualified it yes you are you are an ayurveda specialist but you still allow yourself some integration because i never use the word balance to have some junk food and who doesn't we're gonna leave who who doesn't have some junk food we all have our little vices second question if you had to sit down with the 15 year old version of ingrid what advice would you give her?
1: Oh, boy. Uh, If I could sit down with that 15 year old, I would give her a big hug. And see, I get all emotional. Oh, my goodness. I would give her a big hug and say, just do you and go get them. That's
0: awesome. Awesome. Well, there's been a few years between where you are now and that 15-year-old. So lots of lessons. And, and when we can embrace our younger self, we always have such wise advice to give, don't we?
1: Yeah. <laughs> for sure.
0: Do you have a word or an aspiration or a dream for 2021 that you would share with us? For
1: 2021? I'm looking at this year as opportunity for more growth, more integration. That's that's just been really heavy on my mind and on my heart this past uh, couple months. So I'm really looking forward to what this year has uh, uh, has set out. I are on the table. I don't know. I just I'm so anxious to see what's going to happen, and then in the next, however many months we have left—ten, 10, nine eight, nine months—but yeah, I just really, really excited to see what's going to unfold.
0: Well, I know you've got lots of goals, and I know your spa is doing very well, and we'll put all the information below in the in the podcast episode. My last question is, what do you want your legacy to be, Ingrid?
1: Hmm. I would like my legacy to be thought of or remembered as just a very loving, kind soul. Very, yeah compassionate. I I don't think I would ask for much more because I I don't in, in my line of work, I've been called a guru and you know, and that's great. And <laughs> I I almost blush when I hear that. But I I don't like putting people on pedestals. And I I don't uh, I think there's a a fine line between putting someone up high and really looking up to someone. I would just, yeah, I just want to be remembered as, you know, I've paved a path and I just hope that maybe one day I can inspire someone else and that I've sprinkled kindness and compassion and love everywhere.
0: (laughs) That's pretty much it. Well, and I think you've done that, and that's why I wanted you to to be on the show. I think you possess a lot of heart-centered leadership qualities. And I picked a really fun quote to end the show today um, by Deepak Chopra, and I think it really encompasses our conversation. His quote is, Ayurveda is the science of life, and it has a very basic, simple kind of approach which is that we are part of the universe and the universe is intelligent and the human body is part of the cosmic body so I do believe that you are a heart-centered leader in this sector Ingrid I think your upbringing the influence of your grandmother your East Indian roots, but I also believe that all the valleys and peaks that you've gone through are also wrapped into your success along with your social work. And I know that social worker shows up every day in the spa. And that's another element that you bring to your leadership because you are so compassionate, you are trustworthy. And when you can build trust and rapport as quickly as you do, i think that's a gift that a lot of people don't possess so i want to wish you nothing but continued success at the spa and thank you for spending time with me today
1: thank you for having me Deb.
0: my pleasure if you like this episode we'd love for you to give us a a rating and a review And thanks for spending time with me today. This is Deb Crow. Thanks again for joining me on Imperfect, the Heart-Centered Leadership Podcast.